this time last year on the Besties podcast. If Carlton don't make finals, the Besties is like, we're cancelling the Besties. Like, it's not coming back. This is a threat. (laughs) Yeah, this is a threat with pitchforks and fire. Hey Siri, play the Besties podcast. Now playing season two of the Besties on Spotify. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Besties Podcast. You're here with Tori and Jazz. This episode is, of course, predictions. We are only weeks away, very minimal days from the season starting, which means we're going to give our predictions. We want to know what's going to happen by the end of the season. When this comes out, it'll be about 18, 17 days. Yeah, something like that. It's it's a couple weeks. I know for a fact that we actually have our first first practice match in a very little amount of time. Then we have our proper preseason practice match after that, and then it's opening round. Jazz will be in Brisbane. I'll be here in Sydney, and we've got lots to do before then. So let's just get straight into it. I say um, we haven't done much in the past week. We've headed to some open trainings. Um, again, at Besties Footy, don't at us for being in another club, okay? It's business. Please don't don't get angry, okay? We are working. We're working. It's a business, babe. It's a business. We did find ourselves on en- enemy territory, I guess you could say, even though I personally don't have a problem with these clubs and I actually don't mind them. And I'm happy for them to exist. I was going to say, at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure the Sydney players were probably more iffy with the Carlton supporter who club just kicked them yeah. out of finals rather than the other way around. But I actually had a really good time. They were all really fun to talk to. And I think it's just cool watching the besties get the opportunity to do this stuff with other clubs as well. Obviously, we're just a bit, we're a bit under bestied at the moment. So we're going to pick up the slack where we can. Um for the most part but yeah in saying that we have a bestie joining us today we do introducing controversial camilla for the 2024 afl season g'day camilla how's it going great how are you um yeah really good really good yeah um not much happening you know what they say being busy, but not being busy doing much. Absolutely. <laughs> Me too. Well, I don't think that's what it is. No, it is now. Oh. <laughs> I feel like there's like, we're so busy, but what am I actually busy with? You know, it's a bit like that. Mm. Like there's so many hours in a day. You're busy living girl. Absolutely. And you're busy I'm bestie. Busy. I'm like busy. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Welcome back to the Besties podcast, Camilla. How do you feel to be on for another season? We've signed the contract. You've been extended. Oh, it's um, it's good. I, I was thinking there was possibilities of being made redundant just with the new expansion of uh, Besties footy, but it's nice to know that um, I'm still needed um, and I'm really excited to get stuck into another year. We hired your wife. We weren't going to fire you. <laughs> Yeah. Now, now, if you hadn't fired me 
and hide my wife, there would have been some very controversial things being said about you two. We'll keep it behind closed doors because it doesn't need to be said, but we'll just see if it if I need to bring it out next year. My goodness. All right. Well. <laughs> no, of course not. No, very happy to be here. Thank you. We have a long season ahead of us because last year we talked about it being a long season because we had gather round. This year we've got gather round plus the addition of opening round, which means there is just so much football. Um, I'm personally not complaining, but it means you get to listen to us for an extra week. You're welcome. An extra two weeks because we're going to win the premiership. Oh, absolutely. Make it three because anyway. surely we'd record the week after winning a flag. <laughs> I don't know if we'll be in any state to record an episode after winning the flag. I'm so sorry. Well, you'd have to reconvene like a month later. We wouldn't month, have voices. Yeah, no. Like, I can't promise I'm going to have a voice next week after Taylor Swift to record an episode, let alone mm. now. Please. So fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we get straight into it and I will guide us through our many predictions. A couple more than last year, but the same kind of things we're going to talk about. So, Camilla, let's start with you. Can you please give us your top eight of 2024? Um, so, my top eight for 2024 is uh, I'll start from eighth and go up to first. Um, <clears throat> Port Adelaide in at eighth. Um, so that was a that was a tricky one. It was either them or the Gold Coast, but I just think Port with their midfield are still probably just a little bit more advanced than the Suns. But it wouldn't surprise me if Gold Coast stole that position. Seventh, seventh, I've got Geelong. I just think they'll um, playing playing at their new stadium. They'll they'll win enough games to make the eight. Then I've got Melbourne. Um, despite the fact that there's a bit of controversy in the off season. Um, I think they're still good enough in six. Fifth, I've got the Swans. This was a hard one not to have them in the four because I think with their additions, they should be pretty good. Um, Adelaide, I've got coming in to fourth. Um, it was a it was a hard decision. I, I do get a little bit worried about their back line, but if they can really use their attacking power, they will be very hard to beat Adelaide Oval. Um, I've got the Blue Baggers in at third. Um, I've got that disgusting football club in at second. I think you guys know who that is. And then I've got the Brisbane Lions in at first. We don't name that second club. No. They don't actually, they don't get mentioned on this podcast ever. You'll never hear their name. <laughs> we'll come up with a different word to call them. Voldemort. It's a bit like that. Okay. Um, um, interesting, some interesting things going on there, Camilla. Um, we will get to it. But, Jasmina, would you want to go straight into your eighth? Okay. So, I actually had Adelaide in eighth position because I feel like they're going to sneak in. I don't think they're going to get that high up on the ladder just because I think that the previous top four teams and then probably the two, like the five and six, were the ones that were pushing the most. That would be Carlton. So, I actually had Adelaide at eighth and then I had in seventh position, Port Adelaide. Now, I think that if this is the situation, it's going to get a bit messy during the finals if we have both of them in there. But that's how I think it's going to go. 
Um, Cam, I also had Melbourne at sixth. I don't rate them as a top four side anymore. I genuinely don't think that they have the connection to be a top four side because it's way more than ability these days. You can have the talent and the ability, but you've got to have the mental. And I just think too much has happened for them to have that top four mentality. I do have Sydney just outside the four in fifth position. The thing with Sydney is like, I feel like they can be scary. I think they'll just miss the four as well. I think it's going to be a very, very tight, like top five. Um, I had our arch nemesis, uh, the pies in fourth position. So good, isn't it? With an away final. How good? How good? Anyways. And then I had the Giants in third, Carlton in second, and then Brisbane first. I just think that Brisbane, are, they're going to be really hard to beat, especially with all the games at the Gabba. So. Mm. I've just realized that I've missed, <laughs> missed the Giants. The Giants? I was going to say, because um, I'm looking at mine, I'm like, did Camilla say the Giants? Yeah, no, I've forgotten. So just, just um, can we just swap? Geelong and the Giants in my prediction. I've put the Giants at seventh. And Geelong, okay. they can just get out of there. Sorry. <laughs> I think seventh is a bit low for the Giants, don't you think? Yeah, but the top end of the top eight is, um, like you were saying, it's, it's really strong. Like, And if you've got Sydney at fifth, even with their additions, and then even Melbourne outside of the floor, you got you got to be playing your best footy for most of the year to make that top four so i've just never seen an interstate team contest like that at the mcg like i have the giants yeah they've got heart for sure i could definitely be wrong with mine i've got this is funny because i had written something down and after like just thinking about it while you guys were talking and some people i might have missed or left out more just because do i want to see them there no but there's a chance of course they make it um my, I'm going to say my seven to nine, no, seven to 10. So 10, nine, eight, seven are interchangeable. These are the teams that could drop, could make it. Eight spot will be taken by Gold Coast or Port. Gold Coast was my first choice of putting them there. I think that at that point, no new coach, everything's going kind of swimmingly. Maybe they finally make that push and don't drop off like they normally do. With Port being the possible one to drop out, I just think they are a little bit um, what's the word? I don't know. Like, yeah, there's just something not right, not sticking with them. Um, and they have a new captain who's just gotten engaged and just about to have a baby. He's very young still. I just think it's a lot going on that isn't going to be great for them. So, I'm having Port and Gold Coast as those interchangeable eight spot, but also in seventh I have Melbourne and the Saints now. Saints are those teams that you just don't know what they're going to do when it comes to the season. I think last year surprised a lot of us and it surprised us that they stayed in the eight. But also, I don't think they had the finals campaign that they were hoping with, with other things that obviously came up. But I have them two in seventh as the interchangeable. I'd love to see Melbourne drop out. I've grown quite a hatred to the football club that is the Melbourne <laughs> football club. I just, I just, over some time, past couple of years... Thankfully, um, we made it to the prelim and they didn't, but I just think they've got a lot of issues going on that's affecting them on and off the field that really doesn't 
um, highlight their finals campaign, if you wish. I then have in six, I have Adelaide. Um, fifth, I have the Giants. Fourth, I have Sydney. For the same reason everyone else has given for those three. Again, you guys had them interchangeable as well, so I'd say it's about the same. And then I think you'll lock top three, but I have Collingwood. Ooh. Sorry. So a third, um, Carlton second, and Brizzy first. I think they are going to be the team to beat this year. If it's not us, I'd love to put us first, but I'm trying to be cool, calm, and collected about it. I think that's realistic. Yeah. Thank you. The only thing that you've got me is I, Bronson and Scarlett, close your ears, but I don't think Saints make the eight. Genuinely, they would. Them, I put them in that bottom. Could make it, could not. They were just an add-on that I was like, don't Melbourne or the Saints, I feel like are those two teams for me that are just like, why are you there right now? But you still could do it if you've, you do it right. And I've been to the Saints training and I've watched them train this year and they are just looking very fit. They're a very fast-paced team. It's going to be interesting. This season's going to be very interesting. A Ross Lyon, a Ross Lyon coach team always seems to squeeze more out of the talent they have. Um, and if Max King can be fit, you would think they'd probably get three more wins than what they had um, last year. So they could definitely sneak into the eight. And they do... I don't like the way they play football, but they play in a way that it's very hard to score. So they could they could get 12, 13 wins. But I... Yeah, I'm sort of... They're definitely on the outer for me, but I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. they, they jumped in there. Yeah, 100%. Well, we got through that well. All right. Well, we can go straight on to the individual fun awards. Um, let's start off with the, the Coleman medal. So our past three years, let's just recap for a hot minute. 2021, we had Harry Mackay. 2022, we had Charlie Kerno, And 2023, we had Charlie Kerno. So <laughs> we're going on this thing. Who does everyone have for 2024? Camilla, you go first. Um, you know, you want, you want the boy Charles to win it, but I think we're going to see a, a 2013 like season for the Lance Franklin had. And I think Charlie's going to become more of a team man and there's going to be a more even spread of goal kickers. So I'm, I'm picking Charlie will probably kick 55 or so. Harry will kick 40-odd, and the Smalls will kick some more. So in saying that, and we'll win the flag, but in saying that, um, I reckon Nick Larkey's probably going to win the Coleman this year. Like, he's the only thing yeah. in that North Melbourne forward line that, you know, can demand the ball. He did pretty well last year, I think. Did, uh, did he kick 70 goals? I'm pretty sure he did. Um, yeah. To do that in a team that was pretty disgraceful um, is a pretty good effort. So I've got Nick. Nick Larkey to win the Coleman this year. Oh, I actually really like Nick Larkey. I actually really like him. It would it wouldn't bother me at all if he won it. However, Charlie oh, Kerner has become a team man. He will kick the goals he needs to kick because he knows he can get it done. And Charlie being a team man is kicking four goals a game. That's what we need him to do. So I think it's going to be Charles. Again, he wants a three-peat. You can tell. I I just think I just Charles. 
I agree with Jazz in the sense that I feel like even if we're getting a more widespread of goal kickers, which to be honest, in the second half of the year, we did tend to have a lot more of. It was really only during our losing streak as such that it didn't seem that way and we relied on someone like Charlie to kick a bag. But Charlie kicks a few, everyone else kicks a few. It just means just scores bigger at the end of the day. Winning games is kicking goals. So more goals the merrier. But if Charlie has to capture the most of that, then go for it. But he's not my common. I think the thing is with Charlie is he is so confident in himself and he's the way he plays. I just think a good Charlie is a Charlie that backs himself and he always backs himself. So I, I don't see him passing the ball off often. Honestly, I think he knows he can get it done. He'll kick the goals. That's why I'm going with Charlie. For me, um, I agree with that. And for me, if you if you look back at what I was sort of alluding to, Lance Franklin's role slightly changed in that 2013 Premiership year for Hawthorne. And I'm, I am predicting a slight change for Charlie, I, I can see him going up the ground a bit more. Um, now, think about it. Harry struggles to kick for goal when it's, you know, 30, 40 out. He won the Coleman when he was playing. We're leaving that in 2023, though. We're, we're leaving that, that in 2023. Yeah, I, so I know. We're leaving that behind. But let's play to his advantage. He's better when he's having shots close to goal. I, I think Harry is better closer to goal. He's great up the ground, don't get me wrong. But Charlie's also awesome on the lead as well, and he's a brilliant field kick. So I could just see Charlie playing a bit more up the ground, and which mean could mean less goals. But it's not because he's passing them off. I think just maybe a slight role change. In saying that, though, Cam, how many times have we seen Charlie kick a goal from outside fifty? He does love to wheel and kick a goal, yeah. and it is probably the the nicest thing to see in football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My Coleman medalist. Now, I actually agree with Cam. Um, Nick Larkey was a very sneaky top three last year. And if it's not going to be our Carlton boys because we're sharing it around and we're winning the flag, then I think someone like Nick Larkey is every chance in the world. Because he's the one doing it down there, essentially. He is that their man. We just have multiple men. No one has said Jezza. Jeremy definitely is a good shout, but I'm the, the reason why I also went with Nick Larkey is I'm just predicting like a Brennan Favola 2006 year when Carlton had no one else kick any goals. So I just think Larkey's just going to kick them all. I agree and say that. Yeah. I'm still back in but Of course, our heart of hearts. I want either Charlie or Harry to win it. That's any day of the week. And Camilla's probably the same, but we're being we're being a bit, you know, let someone else rational pretend they can have a have a yeah that's that's the word I was looking for but have a go let's pretend um the next thing on our list is the Brownlow medal I want to go first this time okay now it's a bit like the Coleman and I want to say that Sam Walsh is the man to win it and he is every chance but our midfield is so stacked that it's just like a are we? They're they're taking votes off each other each and every week, depending yeah. on what the game is. So I actually have Errol, my new bestie Errol, as my brown. I have Errol. I have Errol. He was a sneaky 
sneaky race to the finish line. He got pretty close last year as no one thought he would, but he knows how to play some football. And I think he's a very, very good shot at getting up there again. Obviously, someone like the Bont is also one on everyone's mind. He's been very unlucky a few years um, in a row. But yeah, no, Errol's, Errol's my guy. Jazz, what about you? I think that's so funny, Tori, because the way you explained it is exactly what I had written down. Like, I think Sam Walsh in a real, like in, in an ideal world, I think Sam Walsh wins it. I just think his finals appearance, if he plays that kind of footy all through the year, he's a shoo to get votes, a shoo to win it. But I do also, I wrote down, we have Adam Chera, we've got Patrick Cripps, we've even got Charlie Kerner, who's going to be taking votes off people. Like, it's very hard. It's not a bad thing, but it is very hard as a Carlton mid to win the Brownlow now. I think Patrick got it at the exact right time. As much as I would have loved it to be Sam this year, I honestly think Errol, Errol's going to be the guy. But it's just funny, Tori. We just think the same. Our brains are connected somehow. Yeah. Taylor, who did you have? Um. Good shout for Errol. He's a very good player. I love watching him. He's probably he's probably just about my favourite non Carlton player now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Same. Same as you guys. Like I would love to see Walsh win it, but same as what Jazz said. I think <clears throat> we've got quite a few people that are going to take votes off him this year. Um. Yep. So look, it's pretty boring, but I think it'll be Dagos. Um. Unfortunately, uh. no. Nah, but the Umps love him. The AFL loves him. He's the new poster yeah. boy for the AFL. He'll get three votes like, most Collingwood wins. So, I feel like there was a lot of controversy with the 2023 Brownlow medal with votes being given when we all sat here and I think even the own club supporters of that player, whatever, would sit there and be like, Lockie Neal did not get three votes that game. You know what I mean? There was definitely a few of them that the Brownlow's becoming that award that you really can't pick because it's a different kind of voting system, I guess, than it feel like it somewhat used to be. I feel like we can't, just because you've had 30 disposals and two goals doesn't mean you're going to get the vote. It's because, yeah, and like, well, you hear a lot of the players, they regard the MVP award, the Coaches Association award in a higher regard now because I don't want to be rude, but umpires, some of them may not have played the game before. They're also running high kilometres. They're probably exhausted. They're focused on what they're doing. They probably don't watch the game in totality because they're trying to umpire. So they're probably not going to get the votes right all the time. Like I remember in the year Cripper won the Brown though, pretty sure he got given three votes when we lost by 40 points to Adelaide. And I'm like, yeah. how, did, how does one get three votes for that game? We got absolutely flogged. And he got no votes for the round one performance. No votes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, so it's, exactly. yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a funny award. Like it's, it is definitely still very highly regarded, but it's flawed for sure. I think also the umpires, they're looking at the way that the players actually treat them on the day and the way the players treat each other. And it's more of like an emotional, like there's a bit of an emotional aspect to the award as well. Just like good sportsmen and stuff like that is taken into account as well. Whereas we don't see any of that because we're not out there on the field. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we that performance only, whereas they're looking at kind of everything. And then there's also just like the fact that some umpires are just biased and just like certain people that little bit more. So they'll push. Obviously, Dacos got injured 
and would have been absolutely flying to win it if he didn't last year. So, yeah, you can't really look past it. But at the same time, um, I didn't expect Errol to be up there and he was. So I'd love to see him get get it. It's a lovely person. Um, plays great football. Very fun to watch. Plus, he um, was a Carlton supporter growing up. He was a what? He was. I listened to um, the podcast with Dylan Friends and he was an absolute Carlton tragic. So... Look, oh, can you imagine him on the wing? Oh, God. We better not talk about it. Let's go into the Carlton BNF. This is all our Carlton Awards from now on. We are done with the AFL as a whole in that sense. I think what we do is we all do our one, our two, and then our three. So three being your winner, so on, so on. But we'll start with the bottom and work our way up. So, Camilla, do you want to go first? Just quick fire. Say yours. We'll move to Jazz. I'll say mine. And then so, who's, so this is who's in third place, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got uh, Charlie Kerno in third. Jasmina. I've got Zachy Williams in third. <laughs> I have Blake Akers in third. Valid. Thank you. Second place. Uh, second place is uh, Sam Walsh. Adam Chera. And I have Zach Williams. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, and nice. your first place, Camilla. Jacob Wiedering, even though he's missing two weeks. Walsh, will Jack- win this year. I also have Sam Walsh. It's anyone's nice. game. Best and Ferris is one of my favourite things. And me and Jazz were obviously there. Well, Jazz been the past two. I was there last year with her. One of my favourite like voting systems to watch unfold because it is literally anyone's game and seeing the pure joy on Nick Newman's face last year, unreal scenes of just coming. He came second and he was the happiest man there. He's a, yeah, it's because he's like, you know, I guess he was a bit of a list clogger, I guess, at Sydney and he's come in and um, he's one of our most consistent, like, so good. Oh, he's just brilliant. I love Nick Newman. It's great. He's now our oldest player on the list as well, which is And he's only thirty. Crazy. Thirty one. He's not now he's thirty. He's not he's not even that old. Nah. Thirty's thirty's so young, great. trust me. <laughs> All right. Now, a new award that we're bringing in to the besties this year. Um, let's give a bit of a background onto it. So last year at the end of the season we decided we wanted to give an award to our bestie and fairest um but this year we're actually going to do a voting system so each week on the podcast um myself jazz and cam will sit here and we'll collectively decide a three to one of each game um for that we are going to predict who we have for the top three of our besties and fairest and we will present this player with an award at the carlton best and fairest so i'll be there this year too i'm definitely going to go to the bnf um and so the way I sort of interpret this is there will definitely be some favoritism um, given. <laughs> so it's, it's not necessarily who is the best player of the week. It's almost like, um, say, we say we got to say Billy Wilson comes in round 10 and he plays. He only has 13 disposals, but six tackles. You're like, oh, Billy, well done. We give him yeah. two votes for that. That's the way I interpret yeah. it. Righto. So yeah, yeah, yeah. In third it's place, the players that's third... standing out the most to us three in yep. that 
particular game, even if their role. Lose, it's going to be out. Yeah, in a way, it's a bit like your BNF awardings, but more perform- performance based. Yeah, Jasmine, it's in it's in the name, like besties and Ferris. Like you've it's gotta it's gotta make something in you like tingle. Yeah, the place you're giving the votes to, like it's you just gotta go, Oh my all god, the magic. They're giving all the magic la yeah. to us that well, game. That in saying that is the shot. In saying that, um, I'm still tingling from what this man did in September. So third place is going to be Black Acres. Woo! <laughs> Jasmina. Um, I'm already like, this man's done nothing for 12 months and I'm tingling. So I'm going to go with Zachary. I think, I just think he's going to just have... Good fun. Once again, Jasmina doesn't know what quick fun I talk is. too much. I talk too much. I have Adam Chera. Because he already is a bestie. So that man could do anything. And we'd be like, oh my God, Adam. So. <laughs> um, second, Camilla. TDK. Ooh. Oh, good shout. That's a good shout. I want to change my answer now. <laughs> Jasmina. I had Charlie second. I just wanted to use the Charlie second. I'm ready for him every week for real. He's at least getting <laughs> one. Um, and third, uh, first place, Camilla. Jordan Boyd. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd, be, that'd be nice. Jazz. No, you go, Tori, because I think we've got the same answer. Oh, I don't know if we do. I think we do. I don't think we do. You didn't, don't tell me you said Harry. No, I didn't. Yeah. He's sneaky though. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Sorry. I have Sam Wall. I Sam! Have- <laughs> screaming. I reckon it's going to be Walshy. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But do you know what's funny about all this? We're going to forget. Like, we're going to forget what we said this episode. No, this so is funny. We're going to forget. We listened very briefly to our predictions episode of 2023, and I was giggling at some of our predictions. We all three of us had some interesting calls. Um, yeah, but let's, let's break this down now. So our next thing to talk about is, like, our... Who we think is going to be most improved, our player to watch, that kind of stuff. We're just going to have more of a discussion rather than singling out some names. I want to firstly jump on because I know every single one of us right now has something to say on this man. Zachary Williams is a fit, healthy, touchwood man. And I cannot see, wait to see, sorry, what he can do this year. If anyone deserves a clean run on it, it's him. Um, and I really, really hope that we'd see that because a fit Zach Williams is going to be a big point of difference to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I you know, I, I think it takes a, lot, a long time for guys to endear themselves, not only to me, but to the club. Um, and the fans, but the way he conducted himself after a pretty horrible injury, obviously had some pretty horrible personal circumstances. He was just like a fan 
um, for the year. And the way he was carrying on in the final series, like I love seeing that. So I yeah. love him now as a blue bagger and hopefully he has a really good year. He's definitely setting himself up to absolutely tear the game apart. Um, we can't wait to see what he d- he does. I was very lucky to meet Zach before the prelim. Um, I got to have a nice chat. He was so nervous. It was probably the cutest thing I've ever seen. Just like seeing a player not yeah. playing, but before a game like that was just like really cool. And it's a besties experience that I'm so grateful that we get. Um, but we have a bit of a soft spot for Zach. So I'm I'm convinced this man's going to have a blinder of a year play almost every game fingers crossed and hopefully get to join Carlton in a final series this year instead of watching from the sidelines a bit of magic Lala's in that absolutely like there's just like sunshine and rainbows around Zach Williams for us at the moment we see the name and we're like wow Mm. I think uh, so hard this year because I think our 22 is pretty pretty set um it's going to be hard to find someone that can take a spot obviously some people may not be in great form but um i just yeah like i think guys like billy wilson i think will have a rippy year in the vfl i think because i think he's the role that he's being sort of um training this year has been half back um Mm. we're pretty we're pretty stacked in that position so Look, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a game or two, but like some of the stuff I've heard, he's apparently training really, really well. So you never know. He could could find his spot and could stay in there. But um, I think I'm really excited to see whether Jackson Bins can potentially push in. He was very close last year. And it's the beauty of where we're at now. We're not, we're not drafting guys and saying we need you playing round one. They've got plenty of time to develop, which is good yeah. for them as well. Um, apart from someone like Ollie Hollands, who's a, you know, obviously a top 10 talent and comes in straight away, plays good footy. I'm actually really excited to see what Ollie can do this year. I think he's, um, he's primed to have a pretty good year. I think he's beefed up a little bit. Um, but I think he could probably go to another couple levels. So I think, yeah, definitely the fringe guys, I'm interested to see what they can do, but I'm, I'm really excited for like Dave Cunningham had a, um, a fit preseason for the first time in however long. Um, even someone like Lockie Fogarty, I love love what he does. I think he's just yeah. an awesome role player for us. Like I, I see him playing all twenty five games. Um, there's just yeah, I'm excited about those role players, and I think the beauty is now we know what we're going to get out of our top five six players. I think it's a really interesting season. Um, every year prior obviously not playing finals before or in a long time, we go in with this Delulu, we're going to be better this year. Our team's going to be great. Like there's so much to look forward to. And I think this is the first year where we've seen it. We've seen the success blossom. We've seen a finals appearance. We've seen a prelim. And I think it's like the first year we go in where it's like, there is actually going to be a struggle week in, week out for selection. Wow. Because it's honestly going to depend on how they play, how they train, and who's up to the task that week, week by week. Just a question I want to put to you two. Um, how do you think we're going to go about the Jack Silvani position? 
how are we going to solve that? Do you think, what, what are we going to do? Is we going to see Ashton more or are we going to play smaller? Like we have Charlie and Harry. You have your Tom DeConing who is very capable at kicking some goals anyway. We now have an Orazio Fantasia plus our Smalls and Mots and Owies and Durds and your Jack Martins. I think we're, we're going to be fine. It's really the ruck scenario that's the only question mark. I think they just mm. play Pitto and Tom every week as much as possible. And then it's mm. if you're playing someone like, and this is the conversation I had, whereas Jacob Wiedering's out the first couple of weeks, if Lewis Young can play anything like his 2022 season, he's a person that can fit in there. Mm. No, no, I, I see that. I guess actually the, I probably should have posed the question better. It was more around that second rock spot because I – I think what TDK showed in September is he's the big dog now. He's the number one man. And it's it's about that second ruck. And does Pitto offer enough outside of the ruck to have him on in the team? Like, Do we have some training clips, though? He has been – like, there's been some movement that people have definitely been commenting on with weaving out of packs and doing stuff like that, which is great to see. Yep. It's so hard to know, though. And I feel like even last year we could watch the practice in the preseason games – and be like, yeah, this person, this person, this person. But then you get to round one and you're like, ooh, maybe we were wrong. Or maybe it's, it's a change. It's it's so different once you actually get started yeah. and see how everyone's actually doing. Yeah, it is hard. Like the team and the team we've got in round zero will be completely, well, not completely, but it will be different to round 23 because, yeah, lots of things happen throughout the year like um, – you just you don't really know, and some guys bob up out of nowhere, like you know Jordan Boyd plays in a prelim, and and Brody Kemp gets dropped. That was pretty surprising. Yeah, round twenty two, you probably wouldn't have thought that. So mm. things change a lot. Cam, I've got a question for you. Do you think Caleb is a walk up best twenty two every week? Um, no, I don't. But that's going off. That's probably going off. The last couple of years, body of work, he started to play some real good footy in the finals. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Pre pre Caleb injuries, I thought he was going to be a superstar. He's come back. He's been a bit shaky, but he also definitely grew into himself in the finals. It's going to come down to the way we want to structure our down back because you can you can lock in Weedering, you can lock in McGovern, and then it's really do we then play Marchbank or do we play Kempy as well? Um, because, you know, Newman's going to play every week, Saad will play every week, and Zach Williams will play every week as long as he's fit. And then, you know, who's the who's the seventh defender? Is it Jordan Boyd or do we go Kempe or Marchi? It's, but I don't, I wouldn't nail him in because I think he's, he's not a lockdown defender. He's an interceptor. Mm. Um, and it's probably between him and Kemp because McGovern will play every week too just because he can kick the ball so well. I tend to agree. I think it's, again, an uh, unfortunate scenario, but it's a great problem to have that we even get to say, we have a Caleb Marchbank who's just done a full preseason in how first his first yeah. one in how many years. Same with a good chunk of our players that have been injured or haven't been able to get through a full preseason like Walshie and all of that in the past couple of years with injuries. So it's going to be really interesting again come opening round to see how they structure this because at the end of the day we haven't seen a lot of them play fit 
since late in the season because there was a lot of playing with injury through the final series as well. You would hope that we're not playing 10 elimination finals in a row in the second half of the year either. Like, hopefully we can set exactly. ourselves up a bit better. Yeah, Jazz said this last week that those last 10 games were essentially all of elimination finals. You lose a couple of them and we don't make finals. Um, yeah. So we're hoping the year is so much more smooth sailing. Is that a stress-free, stress-free year, maybe? Yeah. Maybe not. I mean, I'd like to kind of, I'd like to kind of have our like position kind of not like securely like locked in by the middle of the season, but I'd like to sit there and go, okay, it's going to be a cruisy back half, Hmm. not that situation of being like, oh, but like, what if we just win every game from here? Like then we can make the eight if we just win the next 10 games. Yeah. Don't want to do that. No. Nah. I want... Look, we're all suckers for punishment. The chaos is really beautiful. I, I know we say that we hate it, but our lives would be pretty dull if we didn't have the dramatic Carlton Football Club. But I just would like slightly less drama. I don't want to be hearing the Michael Voss, even though, well, congrats to him, just signed a two-year extension, but Ooh. I don't want to be hearing any of this coach is going to get sack crap. I just want to be going into the bye at maybe 8-3 and three and then, Finishing the season at seventeen and six in third, and 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 winning three finals and winning a flag—that's what I'm looking for. Not much to yeah. ask. Amen. God is a woman. <laughs> God is a bestie. Mm. Well, this has been great. Um, I think we've covered a lot, but we still got a couple more episodes until opening round, which means there's still plenty of list discussion to be had we will talk about our practice matches in the coming episodes um and then obviously our preview for opening round before jazz heads off to brizzy thank you for joining us camilla once again it's great to have you back for another season and we'll talk to everyone next week thank you go go blues